This is America's Roundtable, a radio program from Washington, D.C., bringing together leaders from business, government, media, and the think tank arena. I am Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, an economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable is an initiative of the International Leaders Summit. Today, we're delighted to have Ambassador Jeremy Isakarov join us from Berlin, Germany. Ambassador Isakarov is Israel's chief diplomat to Germany. Prior to that, he was Vice Director General of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Israel. We were truly honored to have the Ambassador deliver an important keynote address at the inaugural Jerusalem Leaders Summit in 2015 in Israel, organized by the International Leaders Summit and its partners in Israel. Ambassador Isakarov, we are delighted and so glad that you are doing well, having recovered from the impact of coronavirus. Uh, Indeed, Israelis, the Jewish community in Germany, Jewish Americans and your partners in the U.S. were keeping you in their thoughts and prayers. Ambassador Isakarov, how are you feeling and how long did it take to experience full recovery from coronavirus? Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Joel. It's great to be able to speak to you and to uh, to hear your voice after it's been quite a while. And um, I remember well our meetings previously and the event that you mentioned. Um, thank you. I'm I'm feeling fine. About three weeks ago, I tested positive for the coronavirus. I immediately was obviously in isolation. And I was, uh, I think, very lucky to have only had mild mild symptoms. And uh, last weekend, I tested again, having felt pretty good for most of the time. And I tested negative for the virus. So hopefully now I, uh, I'm clean of it. And, uh, and I've been back actually at work this last week. And uh, it's been a pretty busy and hectic time. But obviously, I'm very... Uh, uh, grateful first and foremost that uh, I wasn't uh, I didn't infect to the best of my knowledge anyone else my wife and daughter um, weren't uh, uh, infected by me um, and so you know I just hope everyone can pass through this really difficult time uh, in the best possible way Thank you, Ambassador Isakarov, for sharing your personal story for millions around the world. Uh, It is such an encouragement to hear about the recovery process and how individuals recover and return to their normal schedules. Um, Ambassador Isakarov, reports from Germany have indicated a better response and preparedness to the spread of COVID-19, including early testing made available, the closing of schools and efforts to to promote uh, social distancing. On the ground in Berlin, Germany, what have you observed as lessons for countries around the world, including the United States of America? Well, first of all, I think... um I must say that uh, it seemed to me that the German government did uh, take uh, the right steps uh, in the right way, Um, being, as I'm saying this, not just as an ambassador to Germany, but because we live in Berlin and my family's here. Um, And I think that in general, if you look at the way Germany has uh, uh, approached this uh, this, uh, unprecedented uh, uh, problem, 
the crisis, uh, I think it favorably uh, compares with other countries in Europe, uh, like uh, the situation in Italy, in Spain, in the UK, um, and uh, even in France. Um, and I think that the um, uh, it's interesting. I, I've been talking to my German colleagues, um, and they had a, an incident in, in in February, in sorry, January of this year, when some of their officials were in Wuhan in China, and they came back infected with the virus, and that immediately sparked. Uh, a, a lot of activity in the German health system. Um, and then they started a very vigorous uh, testing of uh, the virus, and that gave them a much better idea where the uh, focus points were of the hotspots of uh, infection were. They were very efficient in uh, notifying people that had come into contact with people who were infected of uh, the virus, and that gave them a much better idea where the uh, focus points were of the hotspots of uh, infection were. They were very efficient in uh, notifying people that had come into contact with people who were infected. Um, and as a result of that, people went into isolation. For example, when they uh, I tested positive for corona, they didn't put me automatically in the hospital. They said to go home, to uh, if you need more medical treatment, then you can get it at a later stage. But they were very uh, cautious. They didn't immediately overload the, the, uh, the medical system. Um, and in that sense, I think that they've been able to kind of try and keep the curb as far down as possible and prevent the surge in, in people being affected. Um, and the number of people that have died as a result of the, the coronavirus has still remained uh, pretty uh, low in Germany. Um, and, and I think that that has indicated uh, a quite uh, an ability to uh, to approach this. I think one of the other factors were, two, there were two other factors. First of all, the average age in Germany of people infected uh, and that were traced to be infected was uh, around 45. In Italy, for example, it was 65. So that had contributed to the lower death rate. And second of all, the um, in Germany, there are about 30,000 or so emergency ICU beds. In Italy, for example, there are about 4,000. Um, so I think the readiness of the German system has proven to be much more uh, robust and resilient. Ambassador Isakarov, Germany is considered economic growth engine for European Union. With the current coronavirus crisis, economy came to a halt, like in the most places in the world. The EU seems to be struggling with solidarity and sudden lack of funding for geographic areas mostly affected by the virus. There is a growing concern about the unity among the member countries of the European Union. What are your observations in this area? Um, look, I think that you know the Corona crisis has obliged every country to take drastic measures that have never been taken in uh, uh, whether in Western liberal democracies or in other countries, uh, uh, wherever they be relevant. Um, and in that sense, I think that obviously, you know, Europe, which is based on a certain concept now, closing borders, uh, uh, trying to prevent the, the spread of the virus, the, the passage of people, 
the free passage of people um, across borders, but also not only across borders, but within the countries themselves. So I think these measures have been pretty uh, difficult, I think, on the European uh, identity, sense of identity. On the other hand, I've been speaking, as I said, to uh, the British ambassador, the French ambassador, the Italian ambassador, and I must say that they have been um, quite appreciative of Germany's efforts to help them uh, in providing some of the the um, their, uh, tough corona cases uh, for the Germans to provide them, uh, you know, medical facilities so that they could treat uh, their nationals. Um, so, you know, and I think there's been also behind the scenes, actually, not only within Europe, but also between Israel and Germany. It's been a time of crisis, but in a time of crisis where both countries have been helping each other out. Um, and so I tend to think it's true. The crisis does change the openness of Europe. It does impact the European identity, but I think it will also create a sense of purpose that Europe has to, in the end, unite in order to uh, emerge from this crisis and come out stronger and more uh, and closer. And this was one of actually the messages that President Steinmeier, the German president, uh, wrote in the uh, Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday, I think, in which he called for, you know, each country is looking inwards, but now all the countries have to work together as they emerge from this crisis. We read about Germany leading the way in solidarity, in helping other European nations, Italians, as you kindly mentioned. Uh, we would also like to use this opportunity uh, to share about your successful efforts last year. You have been very successful in fighting the BDS movement in Germany, BDS which stands for Boycott, Divest and Sanction Israel. Last year, German's parliament designated BDS Israel boycott movement as an anti-Semitic. Congratulations to you on this accomplishment. What would your message be to some of the Eastern European governments whose rhetoric is inciting anti-Semitism and Holocaust revisionism? Well, I think, you know, my clear message is, is that anti-Semitism today is not something that threatens just Jews, Jewish communities, Israelis living in Europe. More than everything, anything, I think it threatens the democratic and tolerant nature of, of European society. And this is one of the messages that I keep saying in Germany. We've seen where anti-Semitism has brought Germany in the last world war. We've seen where it brought Europe, where it brought the world. Um, and this is one thing that uh, uh, I think every effort must be made to, when we see anti-Semitism, don't just think of it as something which is anti-Jewish. It is anti-democratic. It can destroy societies. Uh, and when minorities cannot live uh, with being uh, without fear of violence and persecution, then no democracy can be sustained. So that, that was my first message, and I think that that was the key message underlying the decision of the German parliament to, to, uh, to, to uh, relate to the BDS movement in such a way. Um, and I think that this is a, it's a, 
It's a very important step that was taken. It was one of the most, uh, um, one of the strongest parliaments in the world, making a strong moral statement as well as a policy statement that other countries in Europe would do be very well to, to, uh, to do uh, make similar uh, um, decisions and resolutions. Thank you so much for being with us today. It is wonderful to have Ambassador Jeremy Isakarov joining us from Berlin, Germany. Ambassador Isakarov is Israel's chief diplomat to Germany. Indeed, we are keeping you in our thoughts and prayers and wish you and the family the very best. Thank you so much, Ambassador Isakarov. Thank you. And if I could just say, Yol and Natasha, we very much appreciate your friendship. Um, and it's always a pleasure to be able to, uh, to work with you and to have these and share these conversations. Thank you very much. I am Joel Anansami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sertorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. Visit our website, iLeadersSummit.org. Follow us on Twitter, iLeadersSummit and America's RT. On Facebook, International Leaders Summit and America's Roundtable. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable.